Good morning, and welcome to Atheist's Talk on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We appreciate you tuning in or streaming this morning. Today is Sunday, July 7th, 2019. I'm your host, Stephanie Zavan, and my guest today is Monette Richards. This is a pre-recorded show for the holiday weekend, so we won't be taking calls today. You can still reach us by email at radio at minnesotaatheists.org or on Twitter as Atheists Talk to follow up. You'd think that a movement that's so focused on growing wouldn't want to chase off a large chunk of their potential membership. You'd think an organization dedicated to supporting that constituency within the larger movement would be considered useful instead of unwanted. The history of secular women demonstrates that reality is way more complicated than that. Today's guest is Monette Richards, current president of Secular Woman. Full disclosure, I am also on the current board of Secular Woman. Good morning, Monette. Welcome to Atheist's Talk. Thank you. It's always exciting to be here. So we are here today to talk about Secular Woman, although we've, I believe, talked about Secular Woman work for the show a little bit. So... Um, we've covered that, but we really want to talk more about what Secular Woman does as an organization, about its history, challenges, that kind of thing. So give us uh, a little introduction. Why do we have an organization called Secular Woman? Oh, sure. Um, I mean, if anybody wants to go back in the history of the secular movement and see um, whose voices were being heard, who was on stages, who was writing books, who was getting all the promotion. Um, it was almost entirely white men. And, oh, what was it? In 2012, it, this was, uh, you know, a big buildup between all of the, uh, you know, women trying to be heard. That was also the time of the conference codes of conduct battle and this big wave of harassment that was coming out. And also the first year that uh, we had actually a conference focused solely on women, Center for Inquiry put on um, women and secularism. And uh, four women got together and decided that since our voices are, you know, we're struggling to be heard. We, they were going to create an organization whose primary focus is amplifying the voice, presence, and influence of non-religious women. And so in June of 2012, they founded Secular Woman. And just so we don't lose their names to history, who were the founders? Kim Rapier, Mary Ellen Sykes, Brandy Brashler, and Bridget Godet. And I might have pronounced her last name wrong, and I, I apologize if I did. So you weren't with Secular Woman when it started? No, I joined, well, I joined as soon as it was, but I wasn't on the board until November of that year is when uh, I got pulled in. And uh, so that was, it's been almost seven years. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of projects did Secular Woman um, basically start to do? Yeah, we had um, a lot of energy and a lot of momentum in the beginning. Um, we did um, scholarships sending women to conferences. Um, we started a speakers bureau. We had um, we were promoting other uh, women's other secular women's um, stores and books and and other activities that they were doing. Um, and then we had some really interesting. Um, programs like Abort Theocracy, which not only says exactly what it is right on the tin, but is kind of making a huge comeback right now since we've had, you know, some some really, really awful 
um, anti-choice laws put in place these last few years. Um, and under Abort Theocracy, we have our Shameless Campaign, which are um, you know people who have had abortions speaking up and refusing to be shamed about that. So yeah, we've done uh, quite a few things over the years. We've done ch uh, Twitter conversations with, oh goodness, education on uh, sex and sexuality and reproductive uh, justice and, and reproductive rights and, and all sorts of things. We had a, a salon for a while where our members would write uh, uh, their own blog posts and yeah, quite a few things we had going over the years. I'm sure I'm forgetting a lot of really amazing things that we've done. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We have time. You, you'll be able to add them. So <laughs> Secular Woman decided it needed to be born. People brought it into being. And the reception was all happy. Hey, nice of you guys to come join us. Oh, of course. And we lived happily ever after. Um, okay. No, actually. <laughs> Um, there were, there were, of course, all of the comments of, well, we're the groups for secular men, um, that we always get. Why do you want to be so divisive? Um, those, those kind of comments, plus just trying to get our foot in the door of being established as an organization that should be, um, listened to, respected, um, and welcomed into the movement was, was a well, we're still fighting that battle. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so what does it mean in this movement to be recognized as an organization that has an important role to play? Uh, for, well, yeah. Um, one of the things would be, and, and I think we kind of accomplished this with this last Secular Women Work. Um, as you mentioned, we had uh, spoken about Secular Women Work the, the last time I was here, which is a conference that Secular Women and Minnesota Atheists and um, this last year, Black Nonbelievers as well, put on that focused on activism and teaching activism and had all uh, women and genderqueer pre presenters, um, basically bringing the people who are doing the volunteer work and the organizing um, in to give skills to those who are stepping up to do the work. Um, and this last year, we had a lot more of the other organizations um, sponsoring and showing up and promoting our conference. But two years ago, that was not the case. Um, we had to sort of, you know, try to pull them in. So that's one of the ways having our events promoted and shared and, and um, attended um, just as their own. Um, another way is that um, the organizations would have these meetings called HEADS. It's kind of the, the um, casual name of it, not the official name, but the leaders of all the organizations would meet once a year to discuss the movement and their projects and what they were doing. And our last participation in this meeting was a rather um, tumultuous one, I guess I should say. There were some groups and some people speaking up, and a lot of the other organizations I don't think appreciated um, our feedback. And so we, they changed the rules so we were no longer invited is basically what happened. So when you're saying they didn't appreciate the feedback, um, I'm, I'm assuming that this is at least a somewhat off-the-record uh, meeting, but can you tell us a little bit about the kinds of things that you were bringing up? 
Well, one of the ongoing questions that I know just about everybody in this movement who has done any kind of organizing or has done any kind of, you know, just stopping and looking around, one of the biggest questions is where are the women? Why are there not more women in our movement? Why are the women not come to our meetings? Why are the women not involved on the level that the men are? And we have been giving them, <laughs> them being the leaders of the organizations, um, lots of reasons of why that is so in many, many ways that they could make changes to make the whole entire movement more welcoming to women. Um, and, you know, our responses have not been changing. In, in seven years, we're saying the same things that we were saying, and they're still sitting there scratching their head going, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you this white paper. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Well, obviously, if, if these are the same kinds of things that the organization has been saying for seven years, these aren't secrets. What do you try to push movement organizations to do? Well, a big, big, big thing is, um, you know, listen to women. That's, that's kind of a big one. Get parity, and not, not just by uh, gender, um, but also uh, race and uh, ability. And, um, but get parity on your stages. If you're having an event and you're promoting an event, it should not just be all white men on your stage. Um, you need women on your stage. You need black people on your stage. You need other people of color. You need trans people. You need non-binary people. You need people with different abilities on your stage. Because that's what the world is made up of. That's what our movement is made up of. And if people do not see representation of their own on the stage, they're going to feel less welcome to come. So that's, that's one of the biggest things that they could do. Other things are, of course, women are saddled with most of the child rearing. So having child care at your events is another really big one. Watch the types of things that... The way that your organizations are promoting your events, using a lot of sexist language or speaking just to, if you're phrasing things so that you're, you know, just speaking to the men, then the women are going to think that that organization just isn't for them. Can you give me an example of a problematic type of, uh, well, an unwelcoming type of invitation or event description? Being very brotastic is, is really not going to inspire a lot of women to go. Um, you know, let's talk about um, Penn's parties that he would have at TAM. Do you remember the names of those? This is Penn Gillette. Yeah, Penn Gillette. Of Penn and Teller. I don't actually remember what he called those. Like the bacon beer or bacon booze and boobs party or something like that. I, I mean, that's not it. But it was something along that line. So, I mean, you know who the target audience is for that. Just, you know, from the title. So it's, it's, it's very kind of a, a male-centric um, objectification of women kind of party. That's probably not the way you want to market it if you want more women to show up at your events. All right. Please stay with us through the break, and we will return to Atheist's Talk with our guest, Monette Richards. I'm Stephanie Zavan, and you're listening to AM950, KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Welcome back to AM950, KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. This is Atheist's Talk. 
I'm your host, Stephanie Zavan. After today's show, come join us at Cucumbers for the Atheists Talk Community Brunch. Atheists Talk is an unusual show. Very few places in the U.S. can someone randomly turn on commercial radio and hear a bunch of atheists talking about topics that interest them. Much of the work to keep us on the air is done by a dedicated group of volunteers, but we need your help, too. Today, we'd like to thank our supporters on Patreon in particular. We'll have a fun extra for you this week. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation to our radio fund, please visit minnesotaatheists.org or search for Atheists Talk on Patreon and sign up for exclusive content. This is a pre-recorded show, so we won't be taking calls today. You can still reach us by email at radio at minnesotaatheists.org or on Twitter as Atheists Talk to follow up. Today's guest is Monette Richards. Welcome back, Monette. Thank you. Yay. So before we went to break, we were talking about how not to make your event sound like it's made for women. Are there other ways that, uh, that organizations have typically fallen down in uh, making their spaces welcoming to women? Oh, sure. Um, not having codes of conduct. Um, and in fact, fighting the very idea of having a code of conduct. Um, not, well, we can go into the whole, uh, you know, in, inviting people who are pretty, what do I want to say here? Harassing <laughs> women? <laughs> huh, that doesn't, hmm. And, you know, I'm not even getting on the lines of, you know, don't invite rapists because that should be kind of a baseline there, you know. But but I'm, I'm thinking of the whole Mississippi Milwaukee um, issue, which they had a couple years ago, um, that this was an event that decided to invite um, what they would team, team like the other side of people. And they invited a bunch of YouTubers who were basically all about harassing women. One in particular who recently became internationally famous for um, helping to kill a political party in England by running for EU Parliament and losing. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, that, that's kind of, the, kind of a big don't do that. And just so people who don't have the background on that are aware, uh, this was somebody who said to a member of, I believe, English Parliament, mm -hmm. um, that he wouldn't even rape her. And this was in response to her talking about her sexual assault. Right. So, um, okay, so no rapists, preferably no harassers. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, just baseline things. It, and this was not a welcome message, huh? No, no, actually, um, there were quite a few quote-unquote famous people, you know, famous as far as the movement goes, um, who were known to have pretty awful behavior when it came to women. And it took years, years for the story to get out and for people to listen to it and for them to get pushed out off of the main stages. And, and they're still around the edges trying to do their thing and still getting, you know, lots of... Um, Lots of money from people, lots of platforms, and, uh, you know, here we are going, whelp. Huh. Yeah. All right. So, did 
did organizations come out and just tell you that no, they didn't appreciate being told not to to um, you know advertise that they had boobs available or that um, or, or bring in harassers or how did the resistance to your message go? There, well, the orgs themselves, well, I mean, we saw a big part of the resistance was just to, you know, change the rules of the meeting. So we were no longer invited by the end. But um, there we were, you know, placated a lot, I feel. Um, A lot of people just didn't want to hear our message, felt that they were doing the right thing. Because, you know, when you have progressive folks and, and, you know, the secular movement is made up of a lot of uh, progressive folks, they get to this kind of stage sometimes where they think, well, I'm progressive, so therefore there can't be any problems with the way I'm being inclusive. And so they just thought we were wrong, just plain out wrong. Um, They were fine. Feminism was going too far, you know, by wanting inclusion. (laughs) Silly us. (laughs) There's no problem here, you know. Just like, you know, racism is passe. We had a a black president, so it's... So so it's all over now. Right, right. It's kind of that that thought of, um, you know, you guys are just being over-the-top histrionics kind of... um, you know, calm down, women. We're fine over here. So what do you do in a meeting like that when when somebody tells you to stop being so emotional? Yeah, I usually laugh at them, honestly, because it's, it's really funny how angry someone will get when they're telling you that you're being emotional. <laughs> calm down! <laughs> Like, oh, honey, do you need a nap? Are we okay? <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 really really tough to um, come back from somebody going, "You're being emotional. You're not being rational," and they're the rational ones there. You know how they they set themselves up to be the adult in the room when you know, and, and we could be talking just in the tone of voice that you and I are talking, but not just simply by saying. Said- that's the part where I said calm down though well right yeah (laughs) (laughs) but just like right now we could be talking just like this and and they'll go oh whoa calm down because the words are hitting them so hard that they're feeling you know emotion behind it or if we are angry then yeah they're all oh you have no reason to be angry chill out you know civility woo Uh, And it's it can be tough to to get them to step back and um, listen to the words you're saying instead of acting like you're you know freaking out over the top. Now I, I do want to go back to you said you weren't the only organization at least by the end of um, this particular kind of meeting. There are different sorts of of meetings in the movement now, um, but you weren't the only organization by that point. Um, working on these kinds of issues and and saying these things you did have allies in this oh oh yes i mean black non-believers has been a huge allies of ours and i absolutely uh, adore that group love mandisa um and that particular year skepticon had representation too um so that was another big one 
that uh, has been an ally of ours. Um, recently, like I said, we've we've gotten a, a lot of work with a lot of the other orgs now too. Um, so I think we're we're coming around and making way. Did I leave somebody out from that? I probably left somebody out. And I'll owe Foundation them an apology. Foundation Beyond Belief, yes, yes, definitely. Noel has always been um, a big, big ally. And um, yeah, you know, she's been part of this movement for 10, 10 years, more than 10 years now, I think. So yeah, having somebody like that also is a, is a big, uh, you know, having them in your corner, it's pretty awesome. Excellent. Please stay with us through the break and we will return to Atheist's Talk with our guest, Monette Richards. This is Stephanie Zavan, and you're listening to AM950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Welcome back to Atheist's Talk on AM950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. I'm your host, Stephanie Zavan. Atheist's Talk is produced with funding from the Minnesota Atheists and Cucumbers Restaurant. If you would like to advertise on this program, please contact us at radio at minnesotaatheists.org. Our music is composed by member Brent Michael Davids and used with permission. Opinions expressed on the show are those of the speakers. You can find Minnesota Atheist public policy positions at minnesotaatheists.org. While you're on the site, check out our previous shows, browse our articles to see what we're up to, check out our meetup calendar, or sign up for our weekly email to find out about upcoming events and connect with other atheists. And consider becoming a member of Minnesota Atheists if you're not already support our work, and help steer our future direction. This is a pre-recorded show, so we won't be taking calls today. You can still reach us by email at radio at minnesotaatheists.org or on Twitter as Atheists Talk to follow up. Monette Richards is talking with us this morning about Secular Woman. So we were finishing the last segment with, with good news, actually talking about allies, people who've had um, secular woman's back and people who have other people who have advocated for women in the secular movement. Let's talk a little bit about the good news. Let's talk about how you feel things have changed for women, even if there's more work to be done, how you feel that things have changed for women in the movement since 2012. Okay. In 2012, we were all Cassandras. <laughs> we were all heralding the rise of the alt-right and the harassing um, that uh, was was really building up steam. We were saying Gamergate's coming. Not that we knew it was coming out of gamers, but... Right, right, yeah. And people were just whistling and, and, you know, looking the other way and going, you know, just sit across the table from your harassers and have a conversation with them and it'll be fine. So now we, we get to do a really big fat, we told you so. <laughs> <laughs> Does it feel good? If it, Well, I mean, yeah, we'd rather not have to do that. But That's since fair. I do, you know, then yeah, it feels good. <laughs> and I'm never going to miss an opportunity to do it. <laughs> so I do think that we, we're, we're better. We're getting better. Like I said, three um, men have been ousted from their positions of being, you know, mainstream in, in the movement um, because of, because of their treatment of women. It took a lot of fight and it took a lot of push, but we, we got them there. We are being heard somewhat. We have, I think, a better representation. We're seeing a little bit more um, women on the stages, women. You know what? I have to run the numbers. I know that Secular woman, one of the things we do is total up the gender of people running 
the organizations. And this last time we did it, we had actually done a little slide back from 2012. And just off the top of my head now, while I'm thinking, I, I think that we've actually moved forward again, which is a good thing. I know we at least have more people in positions that are amenable to giving women equal representation. So when we're talking about positions, positions running the organizations in the movement, people who are organizing the events, people who are doing the on the, on the ground work, um, and some of the people who are making the decisions too. Excellent. So do you feel that there was any one event where leaders in the movement said, oh, we, I guess we really need to pay some attention to this? Or do you feel that your success is due to just continuing to beat that drum over time until? Well, I think there was a lot, a lot of drum beating um, that happened and still needs to happen. Um, because there are still people not listening. But some of the things that really did help were a couple of BuzzFeed articles that came out that interviewed a lot of women in the movement who said, you know, these men are rapists or sexual harassers or ignore boundaries of women. And when that gets big enough that people like Lawrence Krauss loses his position running the Origins Project, or David Silverman loses his position at American Atheists, whether that was over his treatment of women or not in the end, it's still an event that makes people kind of sit back and go, oh, some of those are, are events that, that definitely helped amplify the drumming. But it's, it's a lot of, oh, it's so much work. It's like you have to take <laughs> each single person aside and go, okay, look, this is what's going on. <laughs> Here are our facts, you know, what do you think now? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's, you know, a lot of drumming with a couple of solos. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, those terrible, terrible men have done the most work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, thanks. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, you know, how much work women had to put into it just to get that information out just to get somebody to listen. Oh my goodness. And, 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 you know, even, and when they do the amount of blowback they hit, you know, Shermer is, is always threatening to sue people, you know, so anytime anybody spoke up about Shermer, he was over there with his, I'm going to sue you if you don't take that down. Lots of people were actually, and still are being sued by Richard Carrier for speaking up about his admitted behavior. Full disclosure, I've been part of that process. I'm not currently. Right. So, you know, it, it's, it's, we beat the drum and then the drum beats back. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't right. And, and the fact that women are still beating it, that the fact that, um, you know, people like you who have been sued, who have faced that backlash and are still speaking up about it says how important this is. Either that or I just don't learn. But I like the idea that it's actually important. <laughs> that too. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for not learning, I guess. <laughs> and we got back into kind of depressing territory there just for a minute. So I'm going to say actually not that this is not depressing because I think honestly everything Secular Woman does, we're actually meeting a fairly pressing need. But tell me a little bit more about this abort theocracy. That's a... a beautifully named thing. What does it do? 
Yeah, one of the biggest things it does is bring attention to the name and bring the focus where it belongs. The the big battle that we are facing against reproductive freedom for people who can get pregnant is coming from religion. And so aborting the theocracy of our religion, getting it out of our laws, because, you know, First Amendment, separation of church and state, all that. I've got one of the shirts, and it is an instant conversation starter the minute somebody (laughs) sees it, (laughs) because nobody has to ask what it's about when they see what is, oh, abort theocracy. Hmm. (laughs) Speaking of shirts, is it possible for people to get them? Well, of course it's possible for people to get them. Um, I believe they are still available up on Bonfire. So um, bonfire.com slash abort hyphen theocracy. And uh, they'll ship the shirt directly to you. Excellent. You also mentioned the Shameless program as part of Abort Theocracy. What is that? The Shameless, it's its something that we ran really heavily back when we were doing a lot of Twitter and, and Tumblr um, when we had you know, when our board members weren't all facing total burnout, but um, telling people who have had abortions, telling their stories, because we all know that the way to connect and to um, make progress in movements is to be able to do this with storytelling, being able to get somebody to listen to you and, and hear what you went through and why you made the decisions that you made. So Shameless is a way for people to tell their stories. And we will be, um, putting these stories back on our website here soon. Um, but you can go to our website, secularwoman.org. There's a link on there for you to enter your shameless story. We, we will not be shamed. We refuse to be shamed for the actions that we needed to take for getting medical care that we made the decisions to get because we shouldn't be. And, and that's the thing that one of the biggest problems behind abortion is for so long, we have let the anti-choice people run the narrative and we let them shame us into, well, we want, we want abortions to be rare. Nobody wanted to talk about them. Half the Democrats still won't even say the word abortion. <laughs> So shameless is all about, no, we're, we're bringing it out. We're bringing out the conversation. We're saying the A word. We're going to make you face it, that this is a fact. It's a medical procedure and it's necessary and it needs to be available. Just because we're recording this the day after the uh, second of the first round of democratic debates. Wow. That's going to get complicated very fast. <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I was watching responses on Twitter last night, and admittedly, I follow a lot of people involved in reproductive justice. I've been a clinic escort, so, you know, that's what I see. But the call just to have politicians even talk about abortion and even be asked about abortion as though it didn't affect huge swaths of, of our population— Right, right. And that's, that's so, you know, they don't want to say it because they'll lose voters because you, you know, you can't support it. But, you know, (laughs) (laughs) this is something that we need to do. At least they're coming forward on immigration. Maybe they can come forward on abortion next. (laughs) What's it going to take? I don't know. (laughs) Somebody send Castro an email. Right. (laughs) Please, you know, ask the moderators, please, please make someone use the A word. 
Yeah. <laughs> Say the word abortion. We'll all go gasp and then get on with it. They did eventually ask. It was just a very short discussion. So, Of course. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't it be? <laughs> I think actually it was even one of the candidates who changed the subject. Shocked. Shocked, I say. <laughs> so you're saying that there's a need within the movement to talk about abortion a little more. You know, there just might be because it is a religious issue and so many of the organizations have treated it as mission creep. Oh, well, we don't have a stance on that. I'm sorry. What what was one of the organization's um, leaders take on that? There's a, a, a secular argument to be made against it. You know, I mean, no, there isn't. <laughs> well, you can always make secular arguments. It doesn't mean they're good. I mean, they're good ones, right? right. And and all the secular arguments I've heard have been religious arg- arguments only with nature instead of God in there. But yeah, it's very few of them are actually making it a big part of their platform. You know, we'll go after the Jesus pictures in schools, which, hey, you know, I'm all about. That's great. They shouldn't be in schools. And then women are over here going, um, we could use a little help here. And And I will give a shout out. I do know that uh, Amanda Kniff with American Atheists and Nick Little with uh, Center for Inquiry both wrote, I think, together an amicus brief for whole health. Whole women's health. Yep. Yeah. Going after the junky science that was used um, to uh, whichever that law. I don't even remember what that law was now, but they, they are doing things like that. And as long as we're talking about how good it was to have Amanda working for us. She also helped put together sample legislation to require even religious healthcare institutions to make their decisions without reference to religion. Oh my goodness. So yeah, let's look at the takeover of Catholic hospitals and what that means. And actually, I'm going to stop you there. Please stay with us through the break and we will return to Atheist's Talk with our guest, Monette Richards. I'm Stephanie Zavan, and you're listening to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Welcome back to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. This is Atheist's Talk. I'm your host, Stephanie Zavan. After today's show, come join us at Cucumbers for the Atheist's Talk community brunch. Atheist's Talk is an unusual show. Very few places in the U.S. can someone randomly turn on commercial radio and hear a bunch of atheists talking about topics that interest them. Much of the work to keep us on the air is done by a dedicated group of volunteers, but we need your help, too. Today, we'd like to thank our supporters on Patreon in particular. We'll have a fun extra for you this week. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation to our radio fund, please visit minnesotaatheists.org or search for Atheists Talk on Patreon and sign up for exclusive content. This is a pre-recorded show, so we won't be taking calls today. You can still reach us by email at radio at minnesotaatheists.org or on Twitter as Atheists Talk to follow up. Today's guest is Monette Richards. You had some more you wanted to say about religious health care. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you take a look at the rate that Catholic hospitals are taking over, especially in cities, and what that does, the way that... um, has implications for not just reproductive health, but um, also for the right to die. I mean, you know, the, we're talking about healthcare that's, and their rules are dictated by a group of bishops. 
And don't tell me that I'm going to get the necessary care that I need for my life when, you know, they're using their religion to make these decisions or to, to mandate the uh, guidelines for it. And the hospitals are just getting gobbled up. And it's, it's very worrying and something that we should be um, fighting. There's a, there's a watch organization. I don't remember... Uh, the name of it, if you remember it all. I don't. Let's... Okay. Mergerwatch.org. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's, that's watching that, that thing, um, you know, and, and how and they're not even, you know, not necessarily a takeover, but they'll merge with them and then impose their rights because, you know, impose their beliefs on there because they're giving them money and everything. And it's like, oh, well, no, sorry. Now you can't do any more um, reproductive services that fall outside our guidelines. And it's impacting a huge amount of people. So obviously, reproductive justice is a, an issue that motivates both <laughs> of us pretty strongly. Um, what other kinds of issues does Secular Woman work on? What other kinds? We, like I said, we definitely love to train activists for people, which is more of an all-around issue. Um, what other kind of issues do we work on? I'm sorry, my brain just exploded. Oh, oh, tell me about skeptical. Okay, yes, thank you. Um, so one of the things that we do with secular women work, like I, I mentioned, is we bring training to people who are interested in doing the activism so we're not reinventing the wheel constantly. Because that's how a lot of volunteering does is you see a need and you step up and you're like, hey, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Help. Um, <laughs> and there are lots of people in the world who do. So we try to bring those people. So um, we've done workshop tracks for Skepticon, um, a free conference in uh, Missouri. Uh, for in the past. This year, we are organizing all of their workshops for them. Secular Women Work will have a track, and um, we will also have tracks by American Atheists and um, the Ethical Society, St. Louis Ethical Society, and um, Centering the Margins, which is, uh, you know, came out of American Humanists association uh, will also be doing a track. Um, so that's going to be pretty exciting. We have a lot of workshops, three rooms at each block um, going on for the whole weekend. So let's say that people have not gotten tired of us laughing at each <laughs> other and think that what Secular Woman is doing is pretty cool and maybe want to get involved. How do people do that? They can go to our website, secularwoman.org, and sign up to get our newsletter, which I will admit we put out rather sporadically right now. <laughs> but if, um, <laughs> if they're looking to join Secular Woman, they can definitely join, become a member. If they are interested in putting on workshops, is on skepticon.org. Um, to uh, fill out the form to be able to put on a website. You can catch Stephanie and I on Facebook or Twitter or, you know, at the Secular Woman table at Skepticon. We will totally be there. Where do you spend that membership money? A lot of our money. That's actually the Patreon. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> we will talk about the Outrage Brigade yes, and Ralph definitely, and the Patreon definitely. Extra. Um, So a lot of the money that Secular Woman puts on um, takes us to conferences where we can work with people and talk to people and get our word out and um, get... Um, 
we went to the American Atheist Conference last year, which I'm telling you, Stephanie, like you don't know because you were there with me. Like I wasn't sitting <laughs> right. right next to you. But we had a lot of women come up to us and say, but do you have resources for, or how do I do, or can you help us with? And we have answers to a lot of those questions. And that's one of the biggest things that, that I love about working with secular women is, is, is being able to, to pass this information on. Did that even answer the question or did I just totally ramble like one of the Democratic uh, nominees on stage? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say you're no Marianne Williams. Oh, fortunately. <laughs> um, so since you brought up American Atheists and the conference, I... I will bring up the fact that I still wish we had had a camera there to collect the reactions of men who walked by. Since, you know, it's, it's early on a Sunday morning. People may not be entirely awake. Would you like to get them good and outraged? Oh, of course. I would love to get people good and outraged. All right. How did men react to us being at America? Okay, so I will point out that it was a certain subclass of men that I seem to see do this. Um, but it was just the ha 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 secular men, I, or secular woman, I guess I don't qualify to be a member. To which, of course, I would say, um, you're dang right, you better be a member because it's going to take all of us to overcome this issue. Because <laughs> I am not about to let any of them just get away with that. And how did that They would be over? very embarrassed and have to do something immediately over there. <laughs> Somewhere not at Excellent. our table. <laughs> so there were the... the um, a few people who would tell us that, you know, we're doing the right thing, you know, good on you, you're doing the right thing. And like, we needed their approval. <laughs> but no, it's always good to, to have people let you know that they agree with what you're doing. Just, you know, make sure you kind of don't do it in a condescending way. <laughs> we can work on yeah, that part next. Yeah, baby steps, you know, it's all right. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank us you for that. having me. You're like the best interviewer in the world. I'd like to thank our audience for tuning in to Atheist's Talk. This is Stephanie Zavan, your host. Please join us again next Sunday. I'm proud to be on the air with Minnesota Atheists, and I hope that you appreciate the show. This show depends on the generous support of our members, our sponsors, and donors. Please consider supporting the show through the donation link at minnesotaatheists.org. This is Atheist's Talk on AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. The podcast for the show will be up as soon as possible. Have a great Sunday. <laughs>